Welcome to Leadership Stuff. This podcast is a production of Life Connection Ministry International, and I'm the host, Bishop Tim Daly, the president and co-founder. Leadership Stuff is dedicated to pastors, ministers, and spiritual leaders who are actively involved in ministry. It is our prayer that this podcast will bring encouragement, insight, and spiritual support to those who are serving on the front lines of ministry. We will try to accomplish this through practical teaching, interviews with leaders who are impacting their communities, and heart-to-heart talks about issues that are affecting the church today. Don't forget to check out our website on a regular basis. It is www.lcminetwork.com. Here you will find out about upcoming events, important announcements, video teachings, available books and material, and information about our Fellowship of Churches. excited to be with you today and just talk one-on-one together today instead of interviewing someone else. Did you know that you are where you are for such a time as this? In other words, God has a plan for each of our lives, and He's placed us where we are and in the roles that we're in for His purpose. But before we can fulfill that plan— God must first prepare us. He will first deal with us and bring healing to us before he can use us to bless others. Many of us as leaders struggle with the idea that God has a plan and a special purpose for our life. Often we think we've blown it and messed up too much for God to use us. Or we have too many problems for God to use us. But let me remind you that we all have problems and we'll all face them in our lifetime. Many of us feel that because of our problems, we will never be able to impact others or do something worthwhile for God. We're so messed up that we can barely cope with life, let alone others. However, when God places us into new places, and gives us new opportunities to serve Him, He will first make us face our problems, or He'll heal the problem, or He'll use the problem to touch others. Joshua is an example of how God works in our lives in order to prepare us for His service. So I want you to turn with me in your Bible to Joshua chapter 1, And I want to read to you verses 1 through 8. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, 
toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Father, bless your word. Let it come alive and active in our heart. Let it be an encouragement to us. and Let it strengthen us. And Lord, let it heal us. Let it wash over us like a, a, a healing waters. And Lord, let us move forward into the ministry and the work that you have for us in greater victory. We thank you for this word and we just ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Joshua, as I said, is, is an example of how God works in our lives in order to prepare us for his service. I want to show you several things from this passage. First of all, let's look at the obstacles to destiny, the things that get in the way or can get in the way and hinder us from doing what God's called us to do. You see, Joshua had every reason in the world to feel inadequate and incapable for the job that God was about to place him in. Notice several things. First, he had lived with the identity of a slave for the first part of his life. Look at all these years in Egypt. He was born into slavery. He was raised in slavery. And then uh, traveling from Egypt to the promised land, he had to literally get that slave thinking out of his mind, and yet now he's on the verge of this land, and he's got big battles ahead of him, and he knows that, and so those old thoughts can come back, creep in. Those old insecurities and feelings of inability to do things. So that identity can be a hindrance. Also, he followed in the footsteps of a great leader. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse 10. This is the chapter before Joshua. And he says, And there was not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Look at verse 11. None like him for all the signs and the wonders that the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land. Look at verse 12. And for all the mighty power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. Moses is following in the footsteps of this man. And there would never be 
another leader like Moses. Joshua knew that. Be tough. Think about it. If someone who served well dies and all of a sudden you follow them, it's a very difficult thing because the people loved them and respected them and followed them. And now all of a sudden you're to raise up and become that leader. It's difficult. Number three, he had watched Moses perform great feats, the plagues and the Red Sea crossing. He saw him communicating with God face to face. He saw the water come from the rock and the man and the quail and on and on, these great miracles and great feats that God used Moses to perform. And I'm sure he's wondering, Lord, I don't know how I can lead these people. I, I just don't have what Moses had. Also, the children of Israel had been hard on Moses. You know, they threatened to kill him when he wouldn't return to Egypt. Even Joshua, they threatened to kill Joshua when he came back with the spy report. He and Caleb gave the good report, but they didn't like it, so they would just as soon have killed him. So the children of Israel are a tough crowd, tough people to lead, and that in itself could cause him fear. And notice the fifth thing here is Joshua's own feelings and emotions may have been frightful. He was sorrowing over Moses' death. There's a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, those threatening, threatening questions in his mind. How can I do it? What if the people reject me? What if I fail? What am I, I, I just don't think I can do this. But even though Joshua had been prepared by God, he was a very brave man. It may have very well been overwhelming to him. Calvin once said, even some of the bravest men, although fully prepared beforehand, either stand still or hesitate when the thing needs to be done. See, God understood all this. He knew Joshua's needs of the moment. He knew he needed reassurance, reassurance for what was ahead. So God, in all of his wisdom and love, he comforts Joshua. He gives him some conditions for success. And he reassures him through God's own people. So look with me how God prepared Joshua in the first six verses of Joshua chapter 1. God prepared Joshua first by reassuring him of his presence. Notice in verse 1 it says, the Lord spoke. At the time of Joshua's greatest need, God speaks to him. Joshua needed to know that God would speak to him as he had to Moses. Joshua needed his own evidence, and he needed to be able to know that he too was right where God wanted him to be, just as Moses had been. So God reassures him first of his presence. Secondly, he reassures Joshua that his promise would be fulfilled through him. Look at verse 2. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. And then he says, arise. He must face the facts. It is now time to quit sorrowing and get going for me, for him. God had allowed proper time for sorrowing, but there's a time 
to proceed with life. So he had to understand that this was his moment and that Joshua had the same promises, that God was promising him that he would fulfill the promise to the people of Israel through him. He said, I am giving. See, God promised now he is providing. Even though he hadn't entered yet, God was reassuring him that it was theirs, that he was going to provide, and that the promises that he'd given Moses were now going to be fulfilled in him. The third thing he does is he reassures Joshua of his personal worth in verses 3 and 4. He says, just as I spoke to Moses, he was just as much God's man for the hour as Moses had been in his time. See, God wanted him to know that he's just as valuable and as important as Moses, and he has his own place now. Moses is finished. He's gone. And it's his turn now to move forward. The fourth thing he says is he reassures him of God's power. We see that in verses, uh, verse 5, in the first part of it, he says, no man. In other words, the power Moses had is hidden. No man will be able to defeat them. No man's going to keep him from fulfilling what God has promised. So God's power is with him just as it was with Moses. And then he reassures him of God's persistence in verse 5b. He says, I will be with you. Notice it says, not fail you, not forsake you. See, no matter how tough it was going to get, no matter what obstacle he was going to face, no matter how hot the battle, no matter how difficult the people, God promises him that he would be there with him. And he's going to help him fulfill what's before him. And then lastly, notice that in verse 6, that he reassures Joshua of his particular ministry. He says, you shall give. Joshua needed to know that he'd have a unique ministry unlike Moses. He'd never fill Moses' sandals, but he could properly fill his own with God's help. Moses led them out of Egypt to the land, but only Joshua could lead them in. This is God's way of reassuring him of his particular ministry. So no, first, he reassured him of his presence. He reassured him, secondly, of his promise that he would fulfill his promises through him. Thirdly, he reassured Joshua of his personal worth. Fourth, he reassured God, um, Joshua of God's power. Fifth, he reassured him of God's persistence. And number six, he reassured Joshua of his particular ministry. Brothers and sisters, I think God is right there today wanting to encourage you in the same way. Look, you're not someone else. Maybe you followed someone that had a great ministry, but you're not them. You never will be. 
But God has placed you where you are right now for such a time as this. This moment in history, he puts you there. He has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. And he wants to work through you now to accomplish that. Then he gives him not only reassurance, but he gives him the conditions for his success. In verses 7 through 15 of Joshua chapter 1. You see, the Lord did more than just reassure Joshua or comfort him. He gives him some very specific conditions for successfully fulfilling his purpose or destiny. And here they are first. He says, you got to be committed to the word. He gives him five direct principles for success. Look at them. Verse seven. First, he says, be careful to do according to all the law. Second part of verse seven. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. Verse eight. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Also, verse 8, you shall meditate on it day and night. Last part of verse 8, be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Know the word, obey the word. That's what God is saying to Joshua. You want to be successful? You want to fulfill my purpose and destiny in your life? Then you have to be committed to the word of God. How? He says, review it. Meditate on it, obey it, speak of it, live it. See, first and foremost, men and women, we must be committed to the Word of God. Not society's rules or laws, but God's Word, God's standards. The Word of God must be first and foremost a priority in our life. Then secondly, he says, be strong and courageous. In verse 6, again in verse 7, again in verse 9, again in verse 18. But how is he to do that? He has to rely on God's strength and wisdom, not his own. He has to allow God's abiding presence to give him courage. And he had to know that God has promised to be ever with him. This is Joshua's chance to face his responsibility and overcome his fear. He must not fear the children of Israel or his enemies. See, he must allow himself to become free of that. And how? He can't be intimidated by other people or by our situations. He was to be strong and confident in the power of the Lord. So often we get intimidated by people and by things. But God is saying to us, be strong, be courageous. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We don't have to be overwhelmed by these situations around us. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us, who will enable us to stand strong in the challenges that we face. And the third thing he gives Joshua for success is this. Let others into your life. We see that in verse 16 through 
18. See, Joshua needed reassurance that God's people would be behind him. They assured him of their obedience and trust in these verses, as well as they encouraged him to go ahead and to do God's will, just as God had promised. Listen to what it says. And they answered Joshua, all that you have commanded us, we will do. And whatever you send us or wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever, your command, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. You see, these people were saying, Look, Joshua, God's raised you up for such a time as this, and now we're going to support you. We're going to stand with you. We're going to listen to you. Those of you who are leaders in your local churches and who are working with your pastors, I want to encourage you to support them, encourage them. Say, follow the Lord. You follow them. Follow their leadership. One of the greatest encouragement that we can have, one of the greatest support we can have is when the people of God that we are serving and that we're working with are also supporting us and, and ministering alongside of us and encouraging us in that way. But also as leaders, we need to let people in. We need to trust them. We need to give them opportunity to say, well, I've been hurt before. Look, you can't minister to people and not be hurt at some time. But we can't allow those hurts to build walls around us so that people cannot come alongside and befriend us and help us and serve with us and encourage us. These people are not just numbers. There's so many people that love you. There's so many people that want to be a a part of the ministry in your life and they want to encourage you, but you also have to open the door and let them in. You've got to trust them. But you say, what if they fail me? What if they hurt me again? Well, it could happen. Look at the ones that hurt Jesus. But we're called to love. We're called to trust people. We're called to give them opportunities. And so uh, we have to open the door. We can't live successfully and minister successfully if we are just all closed off and fearful of people and, and situations around us. So God not only gives him reassurance, but he also gives him these important conditions for success. He had to be committed to the word. He had to be strong and courageous. And he had to let others into his life. Well, as we bring this to a close today, let me just encourage you with these life lessons, some things that just really stood out to me, lessons that I trust you'll take and put feet to them and live them out. First, our obstacles are actually conditions for success. Look, Moses had died. If Moses hadn't died, Joshua would, would not have raised up to the position he was in. 
What you look at as an obstacle right now abs actually is probably the conditions for your success. Embrace what God's doing. Second, if I can't do something about a problem, it's not my problem. It's a fact of life. If I can't change something, if I can't make it go away, so to speak, then it's not my problem anymore. It's a fact of life. And I have to step forward and move ahead. Third, we must not let our problems become barriers to the accomplishment of God's will. Look, leaders, we must never rationalize our behavior, but rather take advantage of the opportunity God gives to us to overcome our problems. We have problems in our life. We have difficulties. We've blown it before, sure. But thank God for his grace and his mercy, and we must embrace that forgiveness. We must embrace his word allow the Holy Spirit to do his cleansing work in our hearts, and then we must move forward. Number four, God must deal with the struggles and fears that you are currently facing so that he can heal you and move you into the joy of your future. Boy, I can't tell you how important that is. See, if we don't let God heal us now, if we don't let God's word, God's spirit, God's people under our life and help us through these things now, then they're going to follow us the rest of our life and they'll keep us defeated. Let God do his healing work in you today. Let God come speak to you, encourage you, open your heart to what he's saying to you and don't allow these issues in your life to keep you from embracing his purpose. The fifth thing I learned here is our personal success is dependent upon our commitment and obedience to what God has said in his word. Look, pastors, ministers, leaders, emerging leaders, you cannot separate your life from the word of God because if you do, you're not going to be successful in what he's calling you to do. God's word must be the center of your heart and your life. I tell you, every day I get up in the morning, I read in God's word, I spend time in his word. Every year, I go through the word of God at least one time. And I take time every day to make that the first part of my day. I try to keep that before me throughout the day. Because my success is dependent upon my commitment and obedience to what God is telling me and what he's written in his word. And then the last thing is this. The love, acceptance, and support of godly friends are vitally important to a successful walk with God. Look, we need each other. We need to surround ourselves with people who will support and encourage us in our walk with the Lord. That's why it's important that we are being discipled and we are making disciples. That's why it's important we're a part of a connection group or whatever you call it, a small group in your church or wherever you're serving. It's so important for our own spiritual growth and our well-being 
that we get real with people. We open our hearts with people. And we, as we said earlier, that we trust them. We need others. You can't be a ship out on the sea by yourself. We need each other. And that's what ministry is about, isn't it? It's about people. So I want to encourage you. Take heart from Joshua today and learn that you were made for this. And God has made you for such a time as this, this moment. He's placed you where you are. He has a plan for you. He wants to prosper you. I love Jeremiah 29, 11, where he says, I know the plans that I have toward you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not calamity to give you a future and a hope. Dear friends, I trust you'll believe that today and embrace that, that God has good plans for you. And where you're at, maybe you're in the midst of a challenge at your ministry, but don't give up. God has a good plan for you. And allow him to work in the midst of this situation. Maybe this is the moment that he wants to heal you and teach you some valuable lessons that are going to make you better. But don't allow yourself to get better. Get better. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for these lessons that you've taught us today and the things that you've showed to us from the life of Joshua. Lord, I ask that you would bless these precious men and women who are listening to this today, that you would bring encouragement to them, strengthen them, bring healing to their hearts. Lord, I pray that you will give them your guidance and wisdom through the power of your spirit as they move forward and accomplish what you have for them. Lord, help them to be courageous, bold, strong. Lord, deal with those fears in their life and Remove those things that are hindering them and keeping them from embracing all that you have in store for them. Maybe you're calling them into greater things or new things that they've never experienced before and they're afraid. But God, just reassure them of your presence, your power, your purpose for their life. And then help them to move forward. Lord, let them be people who are obedient to your word, people who are trusting in your word and listening to your word, and people who are opening the doors so others can walk with them, encourage them, hold them accountable, support them, walk with them, help them in what you've called them to do. Lord, thank you. Such a privilege to be a part of your body, such a privilege to be able to serve you. And Lord, we just love these people and we commit them to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play. When you subscribe to this podcast, you will be informed when a new episode is released. Please leave us a five-star rating if you are encouraged by these podcasts. You can also find our podcast online at lcminetwork.com. If you'd like to receive our newsletter entitled Connect, just drop us an email at info.lccowait.com. 
Don't forget to join with us as we partner with Journey Coffee to plant churches around the globe. Here's how it works. Go to our website and click on the Journey Coffee link. Every time you purchase some of this incredible coffee, Journey will donate a portion of the cell to LCMI Church Planting. Think about it. This is a double blessing. First, you get some great coffee that you can enjoy as you listen to leadership stuff. And secondly, you'll be partnering with us to raise more funds for missions. This is a win-win situation. Well, thanks again for tuning in. I love you, and I look forward to meeting with you again real soon. God bless.